is up, everybody? Welcome to the Babacoa Core Podcast. I am your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, that will be very much appreciated. And you'll be able to get notification of whenever a new episode drops. Um, you could also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Babacoa Core. We are also on Instagram at Babacoa Core Podcast. Uh, on those pages, that's where I like to post, repost, share anything that's going on with the podcast or anything that's going on with past guests or friends of the podcast. Uh, so you can stay in the know of all that stuff through our social medias. You can find links to all the podcast platforms on all our social media or even my show dates. You can find uh, on our website at www.babacoacore.com. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, here we go. Eric Packer, what's going on, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, man. So uh, let's just jump into it. Uh, social media, any shows you got going on? Uh, how can people find you? Uh, social media, Eric underscore Packard uh, on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure you can find me just by searching Eric Packard on Facebook. Uh, for the month of October, opening up for Chris Fairbanks at the Blind Tiger, October 21st. Oh, that's cool, man. It's going to be a good one. That's cool. So, yeah, I was telling you right now, or we were talking about right now about social media. You really don't fuck with that too much. You don't post. You don't do anything. I post. Not really, man. Ish. I couldn't find nothing about Ish. you. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll share a flyer. I'll share a flyer for a show, for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll promote. You use it very much just straight up networking. You don't do any private stuff. I su- Personal yeah. stuff, I guess. Nah, not really. I'm not on Facebook. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way now. Like, I try to like, just be positive. I do jokes up there. I, mm-hmm. That's where I try jokes first before I take it to the mic. Oh, is that right? So I do a lot of stuff. But before that, I would just like, fuck my life, you know, all this bad bullshit, sharing bad memes or not bad news stories. Like, look at what's going on in the world. I would be all negative shit on, on Facebook. And I changed that. So now I just keep positive. But even like you, you do not. I mean, like you share posters I, I, and I flyers. wish that I could even do what you do. Just do like the positive shit. Yeah, because that seems fun. I don't know. I feel like in the past I would like post something. Yeah. And then like the day later I would read it and just like why did I even post that? Yeah, who I, even cares? I do that a lot. I used you know to, what I mean? Yeah, I used to do a lot of drunk posting and then a I lot had of to, that. <laughs> had to yeah. go and erase it and shit. Uh, and plus yeah. these days, bro, it's just better to not. Yeah. You can't just be putting your thoughts out there and yeah, shit. Yeah, because people will use it against you. They'll take it out of context. And, it can be done. Yeah. So and that's so, very dangerous. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, if you are going to, like, you it better be positive. But for me, like, I just don't really, whenever, like, throughout the day when I'm just, like, having little thoughts or something, I just never think to just post it up. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Twitter, you don't fuck with that either? Nah, nah. I think I made a Twitter. I've never really logged into it or or or. I don't. I don't 
follow people's tweets. You know what I mean? So I've never yeah. felt the need to do it myself because I don't check out anybody else's. What do you do with your phone all day? You like message people, oh, call just, people. Yeah. I fantasy football, yeah. uh, look up Google shit. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. I just do social media and porn. That's it. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, fantasy football, I'm 0-4 in my fucking league, dude. I'm a fucking oh. loser. It's horrible, dude. I joined so I could talk shit, yeah. and now I'm, I'm the worst. I'm really? the worst, yeah. Yeah, that's tough, man. I think I'm 2-2. Two and two. Um, Still early. Only a quarter way into the season, though. There's time for you. Yeah, but it's just so bad. Like, I lose pretty bad. Really? But, uh, you gotta yeah. start making moves. You gotta start making moves, man. Play the waiver. Yeah, Make man. Make some trades. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm working on it, but I'm just like well, fuck it. Because if you get you get zero and four, you're just like I just give up. Why try? It at is, zero and four, it's a little why try. Yeah, yeah, it's a little it's early still, but at zero and four, you just like you give up. I I've seen up. some crazy shit happen. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll, we'll check it out. But uh, I've never done fantasy. Like this is my first time doing. Is it? it? Yeah. Oh, because I always want like I, I got invited. to through leagues but it's always people that I, I didn't know like yeah 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 so I, I wanted to talk shit to people you never know bro play the waivers bro I've seen people in their first le- years get lucky bro there's a lot of people that's just on some beginner's luck shit bro yeah you never know so we're in a it's a, a comic league and I think I think the thing was like whoever loses everybody else gets to write their set and they have to go on stage and do it oh well that's dope but well, depending on who writes it, because whatever they write, you have to say. So it could be any types of words. Oh, yeah. Get you canceled and all that shit. <laughs> so, that is true. But, uh, I mean, I don't know who you're in this league with. Yeah, but. I think we're playing within certain margins. Like, you can't say this, you can't say that. Like, I'll go up there and do, like, a, a hack act, you know? You're damn right. But uh, I don't want to get myself in trouble and shit. Uh, but own four, man. Like, I'm still in it, but I'm just, like, telling people, like, I don't care, but I care. You know, I'm, I'm in there. Oh, it's got to eat I'm you I'm making, up. yeah, fuck It's it. got to eat it's you It's embarrassing. Up. It I'm is the embarrassing. Only, I'm the only one 0-4, and I was supposed to be talking shit on It's all cool that you're being cool about it, though, because most people, or most of the time, you, like, you just flip, talk so much shit, and complain when it's not going your way. Yeah. A lot of a lot of these people that are like in four different leagues. Like to say they don't even care, but this is like the only one. Like I should have joined more leagues. Well, I'll probably do that next next year. And For shit. your first one, I feel like one is enough. Uh, but two it, is all right. You know what? Doing a bunch of leagues helps is because you'll probably if you do a league, if you're in fucking five leagues, yeah, you're gonna draft five times by your fifth draft. You're gonna be pretty damn good at drafting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna know the players all. So like, you'll at least be good in one of those. Yeah. So it's playing the numbers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But when you just do one and that's your only focus, you're like, oh, and four. Fuck this. It hurts. It fucking hurts, dude. It hurts. Uh, so cool, man. Um, so you just did that. You recorded the six tapes. The six tapes at Blind Tiger. At the Blind Tiger. Did you get that back yet? Uh, I have got it back yet. I think in the last couple of days. I haven't watched it yet, but I remember the set did went. It went well. You felt it went well. I remember I was happy about it yeah. the night of. Um, but yes, I have got it back yet, and I'm about to watch it and then hopefully send it out. Yeah. Hopefully, chop it up a little bit. Maybe post some of it too. Yeah, man, I'm seeing that a lot more of these, um, what are they called, like, uh, where you got to in- invite, mm-hmm. what's it called, submissions, when you got to submit to, like, yeah. different uh, different shows and stuff, and they want, like, a tight five-minute tape. Yeah. I don't have any tape yet, so I really can't submit, but you're happy with yours? Are I was you think- happy with the set the, the night set, up. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it would be fine. Yeah. Um, I put, I mean, I remember putting, like, thinking about it and going over my set, so I know what I did mm-hmm. that night. Um, and I remember it felt good in the moment, 
But I'm going to go back and watch it and uh, probably add a little bit of laughs. You know what I add mean? Add some laughs. Yeah, just amplify it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it should be good. It should be good. It was a lot of fun, too. It was just such a sweet idea, too. Yeah, it was the a tiger. Just uh, a monthly show of just taping everybody's. I wish that we could tape all the midnights. Yeah. But a lot of it might get boring. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, unless people like knew that there was being recorded and stuff, I think a good idea would be like some type of like a comedy compilation, because mm-hmm. like midnights is all short sets for the most part, short yeah. sets. So just do like everybody gets like four minutes, and then put that if you're happy with that, mm-hmm. put that in a little compilation, put it on Spotify, a promotional tool yeah. for either the club or just yourself. You know, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. But I think it would be fun too. Uh, yeah, those, some of those shows are kind of like uh, you never know what you're gonna get. Last yeah, exactly. last week was pretty pretty fun because a lot of people there was a group that uh-huh. uh, were apparently on a bunch of edibles hell yeah so everything was funny to them uh which was nice but at the same time I was like keep it down <laughs> like for sure man jesus yeah, yeah. that's fun I've, I've never went down there on edibles i feel like that'd be quite the experience i'd be scared i'm proud of them for for finding it all funny no they found it uh, they found it all funny hell yeah so that was great it's always easy to make people on edibles laugh. I just, is it? Yeah, I did a bit where I just jiggled my keys in front of their face, and they fucking ate that shit up. So they just turned into three-year-olds. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You, just ah. ma- you just making faces <laughs> Did some baby talk, some goo-goo-gagas. They love that one. I might bring it back. I don't know if it's going to work with a different crowd, you know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, read the room. Yeah. <laughs> so have you put together a tape before, like an EPK before? Nah, nothing like that. I suck with all the tapes. I've had people record my sets before, and some people have posted them. Um, some I've asked to be taken down. Yeah. Some I've just uh, are probably still up there. Um, but I've never really recorded them. Too so much you haven't done the process of like submitting to like festivals or anything like that yet. No, no, no. Why not? Um, still trying to get better at it, bro. I. Um, so I've only been doing it a little over, five, maybe like six years. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, I could go and submit to the festivals and all that. Yeah. But I don't feel ready inside. Well, I feel like I'm getting close now. Yeah. But in the past, like, like say maybe my second year into my third, fourth, and even going up to my fifth, never really felt ready yeah. to be at festivals. Like, dude, I'm still trying to figure this shit out. Like, you don't. What am I going to be talking into a microphone at a festival in front of a whole bunch of people for? Like, I might, I've still, uh, for the longest time, was just trying to get my comedy good. Yeah. You I know what that. I mean? Yeah. To, to a level that I enjoyed. So, dude, for my first, like, three years, I didn't even like my shit, bro. <laughs> I didn't like, like, I'd go up there and I'd get laughs and it'd kind of feel good. But then, like, I'd watch it later and I'm like, this ain't fun good like i don't want i didn't want it out there it was my shit was so bad that i was like i was i didn't want to release it yet i don't want to be at a festival performing in front of people with these dog shit jokes yeah it's nice that you have that that humbleness about you because some people they they come out and like within the first two three years are like i'm fucking big shit i'm so jealous of that bro yeah i mean i I, wish i had that so bad i wish i had that confidence too but i like same with you like i'm just trying to get good at this i just want to make sure that wherever i go i'm I'm solid and so i'm still building on that but you're saying that you're still going on that in six years six years you're still dealing with that confidence i mean yikes Wait, I mean, I still feel I have great sets. Yeah, don't take that from me, bro. I have great sets. No, I'm not. (laughs) But in like ready 
to like get it going? I don't know, bro. I don't. Somebody else would have to look at me and tell me that. You know what I mean? That's not really for me to decide. Like I'm, I'm gonna just keep working on it, and I, and I kind of have this mindset that it's never gonna be good enough for it. It probably never will be good enough. Yeah. I'd probably have to have somebody outside be like, "Yo, you're actually like where you need to be, bro. Like you're you're doing pretty good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know." Is that why you haven't watched your tape yet? Because you're afraid that it's not going to be as good as what you remember, how you remember? Maybe a little bit of that. But I've, I watch a lot of my sets all the time. Some I like that yeah. I love watching over and over again. And then some that it's just like, Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty cringy, man. Like, I, I record all my sets, just the audio. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, man, that felt good. I mm-hmm. think they were with me. And then I'll listen to it. I was like... They weren't with me at all, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then so that that high from that night. Do you drink? Like, Do you drink when you go on stage? No. Okay, that's no. good. Well, I mean, I have a couple of times. It doesn't work out. No, I spent my first like year like having at least two to three drinks before I would go up there. Yeah. And so I'm buzzed, bro. Sometimes even drunk. Yeah. Thinking I'm killing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And then you watch it the next day sober, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I did, I had a couple of sets or a couple of open mics uh, where I would drink too much. You know, you wait a long time and the bar's right there. You're like, let me just get one. Yeah. And I'm real bad. I have a very bad, uh, I can't just do one if I do. Yeah, why, why do one? Exactly. What's one? Exactly. And I don't do a beer unless I do a shot. Like I could, I don't know, man. I'm, 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 I'm I got a problem. Bing bang. But, um. So, yeah, so if the night's too long, if the night's running long and then I'm like four shots in, three beers in. And then I go up, I'm like, man, I wasn't even saying words half the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so I try not to drink maybe one. Yeah. And then that's it. But uh, yeah. Probably me too. I might have like one or so, depending on the venue. Like if it's at a, if it's at like some bar or something like that, yeah. I need it. The crowd needs me to need it. You know what I mean? <laughs> they need me like, to need it. it's, it's, it's just, it's better for all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So six years, man. So you you started here in San Antonio, right? Right. And then how long before you moved to L.A.? Um, I want to say two years. Two, two and a half years, maybe. So after two years? Maybe three. I don't know. And then how long were you in L.A. for? Two years. Wow, man. So what was the scene like back then when you first started? When I first started? Yeah. It was, it was sweet. Still a lot of the same people are around. Yeah. But actually... Some of some of them are a lot fucking not. A lot of the people that I started with pretty much all dropped off. There's like a couple of them, but the scene was it. I, I was I had fun with it. I don't know. See, when I first started, I didn't really fuck with anybody. Yeah. Not to say that I had issues with anybody or anything like that, but when I started doing stand up, I was kind of like on like some little personal journey shit, and so I would just show up and just do my set. And then just go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about it and then try to get better and then show up the next week and do my set and then just go home. Like, I, I, not that I'm not like a sociable or friendly dude, but like, I just, I don't know, man. I just wasn't really, maybe, uh, felt, I don't know. I just wasn't fucking with too many people. Some of the comics may be a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. Some of them just, I don't know. And so I just kind of did my own thing until some of the other comics started uh, fucking with me a little bit. They invited me out to some of the other mics. Yeah. Uh, then started hitting them all. Then started getting friendly with people. Maybe after six months to a year of mm-hmm. doing it, I started like making friends with some of the other comics. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was cool. It was uh, so bad. I'll, I'll just take you through it. Uh, you've always had the LOL on Tuesday. So you'd start your week off with Mondays was usually at Retox. Mm-hmm. That was hosted by Alex Anzel, mm-hmm. Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tuesdays, you would go and do LOL. It was different back then because back then you had to sign up at five, bro. Damn. Yeah, dude. How do you do right that? in the middle of the day and it was first come, first serve. I think when I first started doing stand-up, I had an overnight job at a hotel. Uh-huh. And so it wasn't really a biggie for me to get there at five. But, dude, some of the other people, like, it didn't work out for it, man. And so you really... I think the show started at like eight or so back then. Damn. Dude, so you had to get there. Early. Like it, it was like some real like kind of pay your dude shit, bro. Yeah. And so all the comics would just kind of show up there at five, except for like the comics that were already in with the club. They, mm-hmm. If they wanted to do the mic, they could just probably be signed up before. I don't really know how it worked. I wasn't being too nosy. Um, but yeah, it was sweet. You'd show up at five, then you'd have to... First come, first serve, no cards, no drawings or nothing. It was pretty sweet, kind of old school. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesdays, you had Brian Powell hosted the Park Sports Bar, which was just a little sports bar off of uh, Babcock, way north up on Babcock. And that was a rowdy one. It was kind of fun. They had like a little side room off to the side. It was it was fun. I had a lot of good sets there. Yeah. Had some bad sets there. But it was a sweet one. And then Thursdays, when I first started, you had a place called the Night Rocker, which was like a rock That was a bar. dive bar, yeah. You, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So Thursdays, they had an open mic there uh, and just ate shit. They would do a little open mic before bands. And I never did good. I think one time I got heckled really bad. And then realized that it was the band that, that was, was heckling you? Yeah, that was getting ready to go up after me. Oh, that was shit. heckling me. So I remember I sat there and I was like, yo, I'm going to fuck with this band. <laughs> I'm going to like shout at them and make it weird. when they And dude, it's fucking heavy metal. You're not shouting you down have, a heavy yeah, metal band, You don't have bro. the same effect. It does not have the same effect at all, man. <laughs> they just thought I was into it, bro. I just look like their biggest <laughs> fucking fan. <laughs> This guy really digs us, man. And we talked all that shit about him earlier. <laughs> ah, dude, it was embarrassing. Uh, so you had the Night Rocker. I think that one was only around for a little bit. It ended up turning into the Thursday night. Was There was an espresso gallery coffee shop. Mm-hmm. They would do it. It's, it's sad that we don't have a coffee shop mic right now, bro. Coffee shop mics are dope. Yeah. Uh, well, they can be. It's work because nobody's drunk. Some people are drunk. But you're not supposed to be drunk. At a coffee shop. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? And so you're, you're just doing your material on sober people. You got to be clean at a coffee shop? Nah. But, no, nah, you don't have to be clean at a coffee shop. But mm. it's it's keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you had an espresso gallery on Thursdays, Fridays, always the Tiger. And then when I first started on Saturdays downtown at the River Center, you had um, a, five o'clock, a 5 p.m. open mic. It was it was the light. It was right there in the middle of the mall, and it was awful. You just have to like bark and try to get people up there, and then do your shit on them. And yeah, that sounds rough, man. Yeah. Five o'clock, five p.m. Five p.m. And you got to bring them in because it's it's not like people aren't in that area unless they want to be in that area. You know, it's right there by the movie theater, so you have yeah. to walk through the mall to get them to invite them to the show for sure. 
I don't know, man. That seems kind of rough. It was definitely rough. It was. It sucked. Yeah. So you do that for two years, and then you decide to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. What, what brought that on? You just always knew that you wanted to go to L.A., or did something come up? That Probably always interested in it. I mean, I've always been like, those big towns. Yeah. Avoid, like, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to live in, like, a New York City or an L.A. or, like, a Chicago or Miami? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds dope. I, um, so probably always was interested in L.A. I don't think I, I'd never been out there before. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a comic and you're trying to be a comedian and all that, like, you, you know, L.A. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know that that's one of the meccas mm-hmm. of the entertainment industry. And you're, if you're if you have no interest in that, like, what are you what are you doing? Why don't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, sure, I always kind of had it in my mind. Never really had it planned out or was trying to save up any money for it or yeah. anything like that. But um, definitely was working hard at stand-up. And then just met another comic who still had a lease mm. in L.A. He was a California comic, Big Al Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Um, but anyways, he still had a, a lease in LA that he would rent out to comics. Oh, wow. And one time I was at a show. It was after a show, a fucking shit show at a wedding. (laughs) I just have to, just had to say, um, fucking weirdest show I've ever done at a wedding. Yeah. There doesn't need to be stand up at a wedding. No, man. That's the last thing you need to see at a wedding. wedding. I mean, unless it's a comic, was it a comic wedding? It was a comic at the time, an open micer, his sister was getting married, right? And he thought that, like, as a wedding gift to her, he would get some stand-up comedians to perform at the wedding, mm. which was dumb, yeah, bro. Yeah, sounds horrible. It was horrible, man. And so he asked me and a couple other comics to do it, Big Al being one of them. And uh, it was the funniest fucking thing, bro. So I showed up. I, I put a suit on, showed up. First of all, I'm not going to say any names, but this, the girl who, who was getting married was like some ex-porn star type of chick. Damn. Marrying some other ex-porn star dude. <laughs> like, it was weird. It was weird. They were going hard at the wedding, though. It was sweet. It was on, like, some rooftop downtown uh, San Antonio. Showed up there. Uh, got some drinks in me. But it was just a part. It's a wedding party. I don't know anybody here. Yeah. And I was like thinking, I was like, man, I'm not sure I really want to do this. Like, I kind of want a piece. Like, I don't, uh, uh-uh. but the dude who wanted, who booked me to do it, he paid me as soon as I got there. Oh, wow. It's a paid gig. So you got yeah, it. Dude. So I was like, I can't fucking bail. Yeah. So, uh, the stand-up part was supposed to happen at the end, dude. The DJ's just, like, playing fucking music, and he's killing it, bro. Everybody's having a great time. It's a good party, bro. And the whole time I'm thinking, I was like, I don't know how stand-up is going to be involved no, in this. Like, it's going so well right now. We should not ruin it. Yeah. Uh, so fucking the dude who booked me on it, he starts, like, pressing the DJ, like, all right, we got to do a stand-up show. And he doesn't even want to give up the mic, bro. He knows. He's like, no, nah, bro, that's not how this like, goes. I'm killing it, man. Right? Everybody's on the dance floor right dude, now. Like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> so what it turns into, like, the music cuts, and uh, it's the, like, the the bride like starts talking and they're like thanking people for coming out. Uh-huh. And then the groom says something. And then the father like says something about the daughter. And then the mother says something. 
And then the brother, the comic who booked me, he starts talking on the microphone. And at this point, it's all normal, bro. Like the bride talking, the groom talking, the father talking, the brother talking. At this point, it's just, it's, it's, you know what I mean? These are just post-wedding speeches. Yeah. And then fucking the brother hands the mic to me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's like, all right. And you're, and dude, so I'm the first one talking that has nothing to do with any of this. Oh shit. So you don't know anybody there. I don't there. know you... anybody or anything, dude. Damn. And I just start doing material. <laughs> <laughs> I just start doing my set, bro. Now did you clean it up for the wedding? Did you like Fuck oh no, we're all bro. dressed up? Fuck no, no dude. Like, now time for some dick jokes. <laughs> and there was like some people in the front that were listening that yo, I that I felt really like I was pumped for that. I was like, there's three people right here smiling. Like, they're into this. Yeah. Like, that's that's sweet. Like, that's good enough for me. How much time did you have to do? Dude, I did 10, bro. And I did my full fucking 10. <laughs> no, I didn't. I Well, I was about to do my full 10. And then Big Al was supposed to headline it, right? And yeah. for the most part, like, if you pay me, I'm going to do my time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to fill my 10, and I don't want to fucking be there. This shit sucks, bro. And so um, I finish my set. I'm pretty sure I do. I do pretty much my 10, right? Mm-hmm. And I start looking for the host, or like the brother that booked me. I don't even want to say his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm looking for him, and I can't find him, bro. And I see Al behind me. And Al's like like giving me like, like, like nah, bro, kill this shit. Like, uh-huh. kill this shit. And I was like, I don't really know what to do. And I think Al like kind of like gestured her mouth to me, just bring me up. And I was like, okay, all right, guys, I'm going to keep this show going. <laughs> You're a headliner for the evening. Please make it really loud for Big Al Gonzalez, bro. So I give it to Al. And it's like, Al's way ahead of me in stand-up. And yeah. I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, Al's about to kill this shit. Like, he's a pro. Like, he knows what to do in this situation. Everything's about to be good. Uh, as soon as I get off the mic, I go straight to the fucking bathroom, bro. I don't even want to <laughs> look at anybody. Yeah. I go straight to the bathroom and I just start taking a leak in a urinal, bro. And I'm just like, it's all right, bro. Like, Al, he'll clean up. He'll kill this. It'll be fine. And so I'm just sitting in the urinal, just like recapping. What fucking, what was that, bro? Yeah. And fucking Al comes into the stall right next to me and he just goes, it can't be done. It couldn't be done. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, when you when you introduced him, did he get clapped? I don't know nothing? what happened, bro. I <laughs> pieced out completely. He might have done a minute or two. Damn. It was stupid, but he was so right, bro. It didn't need to happen. But anyway, so after that, that was the show <laughs> that me and Al got drunk at. And he told me that he had a place in L.A. Mm. that I could rent. Actually, he told another comic, um, who I'm not going to name either, but he offered the spot to him. He was like, "Hey, if you want to move to L.A., I get, there's a I have a lease, and the, it's someone's about to move out next month. If you want it." Mm. And this comic was like, "I'll think about it." And uh, and I was like, "You'll think about it." And then he looked at me. He's like, "Do you want to move to L.A.?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, hell yeah!" I didn't have any money saved up or nothing like that. I had no plans, but I, I was no like, plans. "Yeah, hell it, yeah!" Just because it got brought up, you're like, "Yeah, I'll fucking do it." Yeah. How old were you at that time? I f- I f- Maybe 22, 23. Oh, man, that's a perfect time. Yeah. Wait, no. I was a little older. No, I started stand-up when I was 23, so I must have been 25. 
Still. Still great. Still, yeah. Still great. Um, if you're a 25-year-old with nothing better to do, like, you go to L.A., bro. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really have any plans. Like, I had saved up money, and I was like, oh, this is, like, my mission. Like, I'm going to go out there. It was really just like, I'm going to go peep this shit. Yeah. And so I didn't really have any plans at all. And Al told me, he's like, if you just want to, like, go check it for a month, and you just rent out my place for a month and then come back. He's like, that's cool. Like you so can do no that. lease, no There was no deals, lease or anything no like that. Like and that. he told me straight up, he's like, dude, if you just want it for a month, that's cool. So there was absolutely no pressure on me. I was like, I can Man, just go great. out here. If I don't like it, I can just be like fucking peace. Yeah. Um. So I went out there probably, and I'm not making this up. I had 700 bucks, bro. Um. I think my... <laughs> I didn't even take a car with me, bro. Like, my fam dropped me off, dude. <laughs> I told them, I was like, yo, I want to move to L.A. And they're like, yeah, I've never been to L.A. Let me go peep that with you. Yeah. And so it was like my mom and my little brothers. They just, like, dropped. They were, like, hyped. They're like, dude, I'm going to see that shit. Hell, the yeah. Family road trip. And, and shit. I think they were also kind of curious, like, yo, who, who do you know in L.A.? Is this real? Like, they wanted to make sure, like, I was good when I got there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I went there with like 700 bucks. I think 600 of that went to rent. And then I just had to find a job immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Got lucky. Found a job working at a shoe shop in Hollywood just selling sneakers. Um, and I got it right away, bro. Like I got to L.A. and it was right next to my apartment and, uh, and made it, bro. I went out there and was like, I might only be staying here for a month. Ended up two years. Made it two years. Damn, dude. Yeah. Doing comedy. And then you tried to do acting too up there? You did some auditions? I did audition? like some auditions. Is, is, I don't, I'm not a fucking actor. How does that work? How does the audition work? Like you just find it in the paper or you knew somebody? I or? knew somebody. I had a lot of friends out there. So I would, it's really weird, bro. Like, so when I was in LA, I would do stand up and that was kind of, I, I had my, my, my hustle at, at the shoe shop. And then I would sell sneakers on the side to like make money and like cover my shit. Mm -hmm. But I would go do, open mics but most of my friends that i would hang out with on a regular basis were just people that i met and they were like musicians and actors and models and shit it was weird like i had like a few friends that were comics but mm -hmm. most of my circle was just kind of like like a various artists in la that yeah. i mean just people that i had kind of like met when i was out there and i, I fucked with them you yeah. know what i mean um just because like I mean, you know how it goes in stand-up comedy. Like, it's clickish. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. And so I kind of needed me, like, a foundation of friends outside of stand-up. And so that's kind of what I had out there. So most of my auditions and my acting shit I got from my model and, like, actor friends would try to hook me up. They'd be like, dude, you need to be acting. You got, like, this look about you. I'm like, well, I don't know how to fucking act. <laughs> and so it was just people trying to, like, send me to fucking uh, agents and, like, auditions and open calls and shit. Yeah. Um, like for commercials or for like extra work or like what kind of for stuff? For extra you work, yeah. Um, I did like some, uh, just some bullshit extra work on like some little, little sitcoms that I can't, that didn't even get picked up. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, most of it was, I was just auditions to get an agent. Mm -hmm. Like this was just trying to get somebody so, to work with you. Yeah. And I out. couldn't even get that. Well, because I couldn't afford acting lessons, so mm -hmm. my I would my learning how to act was I would just make actor friends, yeah, and just be like, "Tell me what you guys are talking about in class." <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, this is the book that your guy's making you read. Let me read that. Who's yeah. your fucking Stella Adler? All right, I, I'll figure out who that is. You know what I mean? And that was how I, I still don't know how to fucking act, but everything I do know about acting was just trying to fucking grab off of people who were paid for classes, people who were yeah. doing the thing. Yeah, people who were like, all right, I'm fucking <laughs> learning how to do Meisner acting. I'm paying $400 a month. And I was like, well, fucking, yeah. what are they talking about in there? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it reminds me of like when I grew up, dude, like I could never afford like boxing or karate or wrestling or taekwondo classes, but my yeah. friends would, bro. So I'd be like, yo, come over to my house. Like, what the fuck are they talking about in there, bro? Like, Damn. show me those kids. You know what I mean? That's pretty smart, man. That's, I don't know, bro. Like, let me learn something yeah, for like, free. I'm not going to get yeah. the fucking full message of yeah. it, but yo, let me get something. No, that's that's fucking smart, man. That's very genius. Not, if you say like I didn't get, I never got an agent, and definitely made an ass of myself many times. But, I mean, you saved money on it. I mean, like oh you, for sure, you probably learned. Oh, I could have took an acting class. They gladly would have taken my money every month and yeah. just like, and I still might have not got an agent. I have friends out there that still, you know, were taking those classes but didn't amount to anything. That's what sucks, man. Like paying for classes for anything, you know, like acting or comedy or writing or whatever. You take those classes, but nothing's promised. Just your money's going. That's for sure. For sure. That's the only thing that's guaranteed. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It's such a such a risk like to, to spend money to do that. It is a risk. Some of my actor friends, though, like so when you're like an early on actor acting classes is like open mic. For mm-hmm. actors, mm-hmm. that's what that's all they got. It's like how they stay busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like for a comic, yeah, an acting class seems crazy because like yo, I could just hit a mic. You yeah. know what I mean? I could stay sharp. I just hit. A, I'll write some shit and I'll go hit that. But they, I mean, I guess they could do like some community theater type of stuff, and a lot of them do. Yeah. But usually they'll have like two or three classes a week, and that's just kind of how they they sharpen their little instrument whatever the whatever you consider an actor yeah i don't know Mm. that's how they work on their art is in a class with a bunch of other people getting goofy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so how was the comedy scene up there how how'd you you do up there in la yeah yeah so i had moved there after only doing a little over two years of stand-up here in san antonio Mm -hmm. and san antonio was sweet because it's still kind of old school a lot of these audiences, they haven't heard all, all the jokes. Yeah. Uh, you can still get away with a lot of shit that, like, you know what I mean? From um, the people, of, the styles of stand-up that have been going on for a while. That's one thing I noticed when I first got here, that a lot of the big, the people that were kind of established here in, in San Antonio, mm-hmm. it was very old school style of stand-up. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You're you not, got laughs. Yeah. It, it, they do great. Um, and it, it kind of fits this blue collar, old school style of audience that you get here. But sometimes you do get a lot of younger, hip, cool people here. And, you know, a, a good joke's a good joke. And if you have, like, um, structure in it, it'll, it'll work on everybody. But, like, it was just so old school. You talking, like, not PC, not woke, stuff like that? Yeah, definitely not PC, not woke. But when I, I also mean, like, like just it just reminded me of the type of stand-up you would see in like the 80s yeah. or the 90s, how it was just so, I don't know. These days I feel like stand-up is much more conversational. It doesn't, people always want to talk about structure and all that, and I get it. I appreciate structure. You got to have structure. Yeah. But you got to fucking hide that shit, bro, mm-hmm. so that it just comes off loose and 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 cool looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, 
it's supposed to look like I don't know, but and so it was very structured, and and that's the, the type of stand up that you would get here, and so that's kind of what I became. I kind of just became some old school stand up ish, you know, real set up punch tag 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 set up punch, tag, which were it's fine, but it's fun. It's it doesn't really have much personality to it, and it yeah. doesn't really have you know it doesn't have much to I don't know. It's 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 kind of boring. Yeah, it's weird, man. People say like you it's need fucking, to you need Tim to Tim Duncan the, comedy, bro. Yeah, like you need to have the structure, you need to have like the combination or whatever, the the recipe to it. But if everybody has a recipe, then you're getting the same thing from everybody type of thing. Exactly, dude. So the only thing you're changing is the words, bro. Yeah. If it's if 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 it's all just set up, punch, tag, 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 then you could just use that for for everything. So that's what I mean. Like you have to have your structure because once you understand setup and punches, it's all the same, bro. Yeah. But you got to be able to hide it, and you got to be able to just. This is a tag, but it really just seems like a, a, a the next thought that I'm having. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas some of the stand up, it just seems like so scripted. Like I don't know. You ever felt as an audience member that like, man, the comedian he knew he was about to say that next and all that kind of like it's. I don't know. No, I get what you mean. Like it's it seems it's too rehearsed when it's not doesn't come off as natural. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's hard to make something like that's so rehearsed look just natural. Like, I just came up with this right now. Like, this happened in the moment. It's hard to do that. Practice your acting, bro. That's acting. Yeah, for sure. That's the acting shit. Yeah. That's the... Somebody told me uh, when I first started to do some good advice. Rick Gutierrez said it's called practice sponsor. Because I think I was, like, really in my head about, like, doing the same set every night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it just, it just feels weird. And he's like, no. Nah. It's called practice spontaneity. He's like, what do you fucking think this is? Yeah. What do you think this is? This is the job. You do the same shit every night. He's like, you think bookers want to see you do something, book you, and then you show up and do something fucking completely different? No, you do the same thing every night. And so I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Now, that makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, like, you see the same people over and over again. Like, for myself, I always feel, I like to change it up every now and then. I don't do the same set. But I know it's kind of like hurting me for the stuff that I have been doing for a while if I don't keep at it, if I don't keep, you know, tweaking it. Well, I think there's something in the, in the, um, if you do the same set every night, even if you're doing the same words every night, if you're doing it correctly, you'll develop your voice. Yeah. So if you got the lines memorized to the point where you don't have to think about what you're saying next, then you should just be able to be free up there. And be able to be in the moment and and you don't have to worry. You know what I mean? You could just really just be present and just feel it. Yeah. And that's how you find your voice and like how you're going to sound. Yeah. And so I do kind of agree with doing the same set every night. But once you really develop your voice and you know what you, you want to sound like and all that shit, then you could just kind of like start being a little looser with it. Maybe not using the same words every night. Yeah. So two years in L.A., a lot of shit happened. Yeah, so, well, okay, I said all that to say when I first got to L.A., I fucking sucked, bro. I yeah. fucking sucked, dude, because I was it's like... a whole different scene. Like, it's that's... a whole different scene, bro. I was all right. I was just all right here in San Antonio. I wasn't even big shit here in San Antonio. Yeah. I was all right. I would have good sets. But so when I got to L.A., I remember my first one was a coffee shop bike on a Friday night. I went there with just so much hope and ambition and was just so happy and... uh all the comics were there. They they did like a all the other like my uh, the open micers and shit, and they they pull shit out of a bucket. They pull my name. I go up there and I'm just thinking that 
all I ever did here in Texas was kill. That I was just going to go up there and I was just going to kill because, you know, that's what I do. And so yeah. I, I even went up there with the confidence on stage and just bombed. Yeah. People just stared at me, bro. And I couldn't figure out why. I even, like, tried to, I don't know. I just, I was like, what the fuck was that, dude? <laughs> just bomb on a whole nother level that I couldn't even. I remember I was, before the mic, I was talking with some some people some of like the hosts and like some of the other comics. Mm-hmm. And then after my set, they wouldn't even fucking look at me. Damn, man. Wouldn't even fucking look at me, bro. I was like, what the fuck was that, yeah. dude? And so I kept at it. And I, dude, I got to tell you, dude, for my first year, I think it was just all bomb. I would have some decent sets. Mm-hmm. But that's as good as it got. Sometimes I would go to the Laugh Factory. Uh, you could do the Laugh Factory in LA once a month. And so I would go do that one every month. And that was like as good as it gets because when everybody shows up to the Laugh Factory, you're kind of in a good mood. There's other comics there, but they're kind of they're supporting you. Everybody wants to do good. You're not even allowed to cuss on that open mic. Wow. Nah. And so um, I would have decent sets there, and that was probably the only thing that kept me going. And they weren't even good, bro. But it was just it was like it's like I kind of got a laugh. Like I could go home and feel all right about that. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, it sucked, dude. I, I can remember being at some open mics where I just wanted to fucking, oh, I don't know what I did at this one open mic, bro. But like, I can remember being at a taco shop open mic and all of the, I could just be making all this up in my mind, but I was doing so bad and they were all like not on board with me and they were all, they were all like standing on chairs and like, it looked like monkeys just going, Wah! And like, dude, <laughs> during I, your set, what do you mean? Yes, Why? dude, I don't know. Did you offend them? I must have. Just... <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know, dude, but it was so weird, dude. And uh, I just struggled for like the, the whole year. I almost quit, dude, was because it was like, this isn't. This it was that bad. sucks, dude. So, what is it? Like, just the comedy is different up it's there? It's harder. They... Everybody's good out there. Everybody's fucking good looking. Every people are working so hard. I'm a lazy piece of shit, dude. Uh-huh. And I know this, bro. Like, and I've worked on it and I try to get better. I can have like little moments where I'm doing well, but then I always fall back to my lazy piece of shitness. Yeah. And there's people grinding hard out there, bro. Mm. That um it's tough to keep up with. And uh and so it's like it's it took me a while to get onto that level, bro. Mm. I came here, I was here in San like, dude. I don't know, man. There's good people out there. So it took it just took me a second to get better. Yeah. And you really had to like focus on the writing of jokes and shit, bro. Cause you the the mics out there are all comics, bro. So you'll show up to a bar, you'll show up to a coffee shop, a fucking laundromat, a fucking garage, like whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're weird out there too. It's pretty sweet. Um <laughs> and it's nothing but comics, and they've fucking heard it all, bro. Yeah, because in the LA scene, bro, you have some newbies, like some people that just started, but you also have some open micers that have been trying to make this work for like ten to fifteen years. Dang man! And so, so you're sitting next to people that you know, I've heard all the fucking jokes, and so you really got to come at them with some good shit, bro. Mm-hmm. In LA, you don't get to perform for regular people. It's all comics. It's all comics, bro. Yeah, and so. Uh, if you 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 just got to get good, dude. So it took me a while to just get my writing and everything to a level where I could make those people laugh. Yeah. Um, about a year, I started doing all right, dude. I can remember before I figured it out. Like I can remember being at the at a, the improv open mic, and uh, I bombed so bad. 
It was a late night, but it, it, the room was still full. It was yeah. full as fuck, bro. And it was all comics. And, dude, I don't think I got any laughs. And I remember I used to walk everywhere in L.A. So from my apartment to uh, the improv was probably it was like an hour walk. Mm-hmm. Probably like three miles or so. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I remember like after my set, because you don't even get up all the time. It's some bucket shit, bro. Like I would go there a lot of times and not even get up. And so this time I got up. And, dude, just ate it so bad. And I was so upset and emotional afterwards. I was slamming my backpack on a parking meter out, like, behind the building. Yeah. And I was just, like, thinking, like, how is this going to work? Like, I really want stand-up to work. I've been living out here in L.A. for a year. Like, I've kind of made some sacrifices, and it's not fucking working. Damn. And, like, dude, I just had that walk home. And then it seemed like after that moment that, like, Shit started to get a little bit better for me. And the sad thing is that it was all mental, bro. Like, yeah, the writing thing, mm-hmm. you got, it's that too. But, like, it kind of just became, like, I'm not taking this shit anymore, bro. Yeah, man. Like, um, the bad sets just add up and shit. Like, they don't wash off. Yeah. And so you, they just keep adding up and adding up and shit. So once I started doing better, like, nothing really changed with me. Yeah, like, the jokes got a little bit more polished. I started working on, like, the structure of it a little bit more and, like, just trying to come with some creative shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw what was working for other people and what wasn't working and how I could make that work for me. But mostly it all just kind of seemed like... Like mental, like it seemed like at first I was scared and I was intimidated, and mm-hmm. then after a year I was like, oh, I think I start to feel comfortable and I got this now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it started to go a little bit better, but bro, LA is tough, dude. It started to go better, but at the same time, it's not as fun when you're not performing for people. You know what I mean? All it was open mics. All it is is open show. mics, and like. Every now and again, you have a fucking great set at a comedy store or the Laugh Factory or the Improv, and, yo, that's enough to keep you good for a while. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, like, you start to think in your mind, like, yo, I keep this shit up. It could lead to something. You know what I mean? Um, but there's also just, like, a lot of... Uh, there's some people in L.A. that are just, like, burned out, bro. Mm-hmm. People that are going up there and doing open mics that would bum me the fuck out dude i don't know what i must be like a sensitive dude i could really feel people's energies or something bro yeah but some people would be on stage and i'm like yo you gotta stop this yeah this is torture man yeah man (laughs) and one of the decisions that, that made me leave that place was like was it was starting to become a little less fun and i was like i can't lose the funness of this man like this what like it's I get it that I would like, it's got to become a business Mm -hmm. and like, you got to grind, you got to hustle and just be a man about this shit. But at the same time, like I can't, I remember thinking I was, I was like, if I stay in LA, I I really wanted to be there for like four or five years. Yeah. And I was like, if I stay here that long, that might be it. Like I might not want to do stand. Like it's either going to work or I'll be like, I'm done. It would crush you. Yeah. Any more time. Because I'm telling you, there were some people up there that were just burned out, but they couldn't quit. They just came too far. Yeah, man. That's so scary, dude. Like, if you invest yourself in something for so long, yeah, just to quit and walk away, like, just to stop. Yeah. You're like, what did I do for the past four or five years? And I'm years? fine with it never being fucking... Not everybody can be some A-team dude that's, like, on TV and in movies and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But 
yo, it's got to start moving a little bit. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you I got to, like... some kind of progress. Yeah, it's got to, like... I got to level up somehow. Yeah. And so, um, I just remember thinking, I was like, I love stand-up so much, but... I remember one of the ways I used to describe it to some people, you saw, I remember the Titans? Mm-hmm. You remember, like, when... Denzel Washington first meets the football team when he first comes in there and mm-hmm. the fucking PD's all pumped, bro. And he's just like, why are you smiling? He's like, because I love football. He's like, you love football? He's like, yeah, why? He's like, because football is fun. Football is fun, huh? <laughs> and then he's like, no. And he's like, no. And he's like, zero fun, sir. That's what it becomes in LA, bro. Yeah. Like, stand-up is just fucking, it's, it's fucking two days on Remember the Titans, bro. Yeah. It's not... And I'm th- there were it literally is two a days, bro. And sometimes you'd be getting up like two to three times a day if you're doing it right. Mm. And I don't know. So it was kind of a big decision for me. That for one, LA is a weird as much fun as it is, dude, it's weird as fuck, bro. Yeah. And so I had to like I had to get it. I couldn't dude, you watch the news and everything you see, everybody's face is like all plastic surgery up, bro, and they got fake hair. And it's like, yo, this is it's weird, dude. It gets. I like watching the news here. And you were right, living like right in the middle, right of it, in the right? middle of Hollywood. So you bro. saw all these kind all of fake peoples. Everybody was fake, dude. I just love coming back to San Antonio. You just see real people, bro. The news anchors fat and shit. And I'm like, hell <laughs> yeah, dude. This is reality here. Yeah, man. Because like I said, I had a whole bunch of friends, but most of my friends were like actors, musicians, uh, models, that type of shit. I love them all, bro. They kept me fucking sane while I was out there. I had some great times. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like. Fuck, man. Like, do I even really have friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because, I don't know. The entertainment, like, it's just, it's just all cutthroat out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So two years you decided to come back. How how tough was that? Oh, it was tough as shit, dude. Because don't get me wrong. Like, all the shit I'm talking about L.A., I still had a great time out there. I was still getting so much better at stand-up out there. Mm-hmm. It's literally like... It, pl- it has a toll on you, bro. So when you're in California and in L.A., it's going to eat up a lot of your money. Mm-hmm. It's going to eat up a lot of your energy. It's going to it's it's going to eat a lot of your fucking hope, bro, because you're going to see a lot of fucking people doing the same thing you are. Yeah. And ain't nobody look like they're getting anywhere. But while you're out there, if you're grinding and you're doing it right, you're going to be getting better quick. Yeah. So now that you know all that, like you, you, you experienced it, you know what to expect now. Yeah. Would you ever head back to L.A.? Sure, why not? <laughs> but no plans on it, like nothing set. I never right? had plans on it in the first place, but you know what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Somebody comes up and they make me the same offer. I don't. I'm I'm a dummy. I'd probably say yes to it again. You think that you're gonna get that same offer? Like, hey, I got an apartment available. I don't know for hella cheap. Probably not, dude. I felt that was a blessing, bro. That place was. That place was awesome. It was the best. It was a little, uh, it was called the Hotel Amore Arms, bro. And it was on Hollywood and Highland. If you mm. don't know what that is, it's smack dab in the middle of Hollywood, bro. Dang, man. Right fucking there behind the Dolby Theater where they film the Oscars. Behind the Chinese Theater where they do all the premieres. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the El- in front of the El Capitan Theater where they do all of the Disney premieres, bro. Mm-hmm. And so I'm right fucking there. At any given day, you just walk out and like, oh shit, movie premiere. I got to go around this block. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. Which was fun. It was sweet. It also gets old, but I'm kind of an easygoing dude. Like it didn't, it didn't really get that old. You know what I mean? You just walk around some fucking tourists. It's all right. Yeah. Say no to some mixtapes on a regular basis. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I was I was right there in it. And it was sweet. My building had been there since like the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And it was like the oldest building around. Uh, probably haunted. For sure haunted. People definitely died in there. Someone died in there while I lived in there. Yeah. Don't know who, but I saw people coming out on a gurney. And yeah. there was somebody in a bag. And... Like sketchy shit or they just natural no, causes? No, it seemed, it seemed like... It didn't seem... I don't Probably natural causes or something like that. It didn't, nobody seemed panicked. But I was like, that's a dead person going out there. Yeah. Uh, probably some old person. <laughs> but it was sweet. Um... Man, I, I like I said, I lived in a in another comics on his lease. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand how they were cool with it, bro. I would just pay the landlord. It was some awesome fucking Salvadorian dude named Sal. Mm-hmm. And I just give him cash every month, bro. Yeah. Just straight cash. And I was dope, bro. And and if I ever was late on it, bro, I felt like it was like some Peter Parker shit. I'd come like I my my apartment was right past his bro mm. so i couldn't get to mine without going past his he always had his door fucking open bro so it's like you have the rent, <laughs> the rent. Like, bro it was it was just a great experience bro uh that seems hella cool man like something like you see like in the movies actually like just fuck too yeah. good to be true but it's it felt happening so too good to be true bro the whole time i felt so lucky to be out there yeah i kept having this feeling the whole time that I was like, I don't deserve this. Mm. Like, there's somebody out there that works way harder than I do, that's funnier than me, that should probably be living in this place. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't there the fucking night that Al fucking offered it to me. So I'm, I'm, I can't, like, I'm, 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 I'm in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy that he offered it to, is he still doing comedy? Yeah. Damn, does he bring that up how he used to he should have been uh, in oh, LA goddamn right, dude. I rub it in his face every goddamn time dude. <laughs> every goddamn time bro you don't say no to that bro if you want to be a comic and somebody offers you the opportunity to go to LA why yeah. would you say no uh, yeah that's a rough one was he the same age like just as young as you were might have been a year older so if I was 25 he was 26 but still man that's still a great time to take an adventure like that exactly a bro. leap of faith type of thing exactly even with that situation I mean that's such a sweet situation with an apartment already, yeah, pretty cheap, fuck yeah, really affordable, uh, in a great location. Just for the location alone, it would have been fucking fun. The location, I'm telling you, bro. I was in. It was amazing, dude. I used to walk to the open mics, bro. Yeah. So, dude, there was enough open mics in Hollywood. There's sometimes with my comic friends, if I wanted to go far, I just hitch a ride. Maybe we'll go with them. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to Silver Lake. We'll go to fucking North Hollywood. But for the most part, I would just walk to at least one to two open mics a day. Mm. I mean, it wasn't always close, bro. Sometimes I'm walking for an hour, but yo, I got time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Time wasn't a thing. And dude, it was amazing. Dude, so I got into the best shape, dude. All that walking, yeah. Yes, dude. I got fucking thin as hell. (laughs) Got a great tan. Got to see some wild, dude, you see wild shit walking around. Yeah. in, In Hollywood, bro. Yeah, hey, man, it's great. I wouldn't trade it for anything, bro. It was it was really amazing. Yeah, I've only been through through there a couple of times when I was touring with bands, but never extended stay like that. It was it's fun, but I don't know if I could live there. You could. I mean, anything's possible. You yeah. could. Yeah. Would you enjoy living there? Uh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Seems so expensive. It was expensive. 
But I mean, I mean, I, I found my place. There's always deals you can find everywhere you go. Yeah. So I, I always laughed and kind of joked about it. Me and a homie that kind of had a similar situation that I was in. We're like, dude, when we used to live in another state, we used to think about LA and California. It's like, oh, that's like impossible. It's expensive as shit. But we're like, yo, we both found places that we could afford mm -hmm. and we're here. So like that's shit that, that that whenever you dismiss you're like ah that's expensive I can never happen for me it's like yeah that's just some bullshit illusion that you made up in your mind you could find a place that you could afford yeah there's always a way to make yeah. it happen so but yeah it was sweet like I said I got to walk around and I didn't have a car dude so I was I would Uber and I would take trains and all that kind of shit but when you walk around like you're really people drive around in their little cars that are just like little rooms that mm -hmm. like keep you safe from the outside world. Mm -hmm. But yo, I experienced it, bro. I was there. I smelled that bitch, bro. <laughs> I fucking, I felt it, bro. Yeah. It was disgusting and it was beautiful. And it was, it was, it was a lot of things all at once, man. That's great, man. Great experience. Just the comedy never got picked up over there. huh? With, it was I started rough. getting better. Yeah. And I could, I was building some traction, um, and then I had a couple personal things going on in my life. There was like a few different things that kind of like let me know that you should probably get out of here right now. Mm -hmm. um, for one, that I was like, I'm starting to lose a little bit of my passion for this. Mm -hmm. And that you can't lose that, bro. Like yeah. once once you lose, that's it. It's done. Go fucking get an acoustic guitar and get another hobby, bro. It's yeah. over. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, there was that, and then a couple other things, and then it just it just seemed like the right time to probably just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But it was, I'd do it again. Yeah, it's a great experience. For sure. Well, the biggest experience, the, it just let me know that nothing fucking matters, dude. I got to, I was in a lucky, that I got to be, um, there was the uh, the booker for the Hollywood Improv, very famous club mm -hmm. right there. A lot of people got their starts there. Mm -hmm. It was the guy, he had been the booker there for several years, dude. He was stepping down, and uh, I think he, he had some other opportunities in his life come up that he was going you know, to do something else, something a little better. Mm -hmm. But he gave like a speech after the open mic, bro. And it was crazy because after the open mic, all, most of the other comics were peace, dude. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just stuck around that day and there was probably like maybe 20 to 30 other comics that stuck around. And this guy just kind of gave us all a speech about like what stand-up is and like what we should be doing. And I remember it stuck with me because some of the things that he said were, um, for one, he said... Like the best piece of advice is you got to like, you got to work on this shit infinitely. Mm -hmm. There's no one that could do anything for you. So this, this was the booker of the improv. This like, he's like, I can't help you guys. Yeah, I can't. And he was telling us like straight up. He's like, I can't help you. You have to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready, I can book you. But that's it. And he's like, and even my spots are so few. He's like, I can't change your life. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. You have to write all these jokes. You got to become good yeah. and all that. He's like, and even then, I have very limited spots to give out. He's like, so you're going to have to do this all on your own. And then when you're ready and you're good, then we can start getting you in here. He's like, but there's really nothing I could do for you. And he yeah. was being legit, dude. Like, I know I always kind of had this little thing in my mind. that, like, oh, man, if only I could get through with this club that they'll be like, I'll be good. They'll be they'll. 
like they were going to help me from there. Yeah. But yo, if one of the most famous clubs in the country is telling you, I can't help you, like you got to do this shit, like then there ain't no club in the fucking world that can help you. Yeah. It's all on you. So there was that that he said. Another thing that he said um, that you got to, he was like, dude, you got to be cool as fuck always. Um, and what he meant by that was that like you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. Mm-hmm. So you might think that you're doing the right thing. I'm going to the club and I'm and uh, I'm being cool with all the comics. But yo, you're mean to like one person in life, and that could have been the dude that's going to help you. Yeah, you don't even fucking know. Yeah. So you got to be cool as that's what he says. Like you got to be cool as fuck always. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, uh, basically, was was just just mentioning that like yo, you got fucking treat comedy like it's your religion, uh, and so like I don't know that always kind of stuck with me like that the 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 words of wisdom that that dude gave, and I was like fuck dude like I'm not ready to be here in L A yeah like I'm not and I knew it dude there's so many people that were better than me there, and I was like I'm just not developed enough to be here and it was kind of like it, it hurt my it hurt me to like have to accept that bro no I mean you got to be honest with yourself. You know, because uh, if you're what is it, delusional, yeah, it's just gonna hurt you if you think like, oh, I deserve all this right now. So I realized that I was like, it's probably gonna t- like I'd have to be here for a while mm-hmm. before I'm ready. So I could either stay here and try to get ready here, mm-hmm. and two things are gonna happen: I'm either gonna get ready here and it's gonna work, or I will completely lose my passion for this. Yeah, and get burned out and get burned out. Yeah. So now you're back in, in San Antonio. What are you, what are your like your long term, short term goals for comedy? Really, just trying to like gain some traction here. Yeah. Uh, I just came back, and dude, when I got back here, it was just all of that like negativity that I was feeling like out in L.A. It just kind of it just became so much fun because a you get to perform for like real audiences here mm-hmm. um, in L.A. Why the fuck would you go to an open mic if you're an audience member? If you could, if there's world famous comedy clubs and you can see a yeah, great, exactly. yeah. you can see a great act every night, why the fuck would you go to an open mic? Yeah, uh, but here people go to open mics, bro. It's sweet, dude. And so you get to perform, you get to do fucking sweet shows, bro. Mm. And people take it for granted. I still take it for granted, bro. But like the Tuesday at the LOL, Friday at the Blind Tiger. That's whew, I'm telling you, bro. I went for years in L.A. without that, mm-hmm. without that. It's literally, it's like trying to breathe, but you're not even getting any air. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So now that I'm back here, I'm just, uh, I've spent the last like year, year and a half just uh, trying to work on myself. Trying, I'm still trying to find my voice, bro. I'm embarrassed to say, I'm a little slow, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes me a while to get things, bro. Yeah. And so... I know that, like, there's some comics that, like, yo, they get it, and, like, right away, they got their voice, and, like, they got their... But it's taken me a little bit longer to develop, and so once I feel like I got my voice, and uh, I get, like, a like a cool 25, 30 of material... Because I got... I, I love my 15, mm-hmm. uh, and I've done some feature, like, 25-minute sets, but I still... There's still some material in there that I, I'm not crazy about. And so once I get that out of there and I get my, my, my 25, 30 to where I love it, then, um, you know, hopefully, like, start to gain some momentum out here. I realize that's what you need in L.A. When, when I was in there, I realized that nothing's going to work for you 
you have to build your own momentum. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that that fucking booker told me that like you have to come here with some momentum already going and then we can build on that. But you got to get it going on your own. And that's what I saw. There was like a couple people. I saw like one person blow up when I was in L.A. And he wasn't like me. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? He wasn't some dude that was just out there and... And got lucky. Like, this dude, he, his name was Preacher Lawson. He's pretty... He's yeah, big now. I've heard of him. Um, he started in Florida. I think he's, like, my age. Maybe even a year younger, but he's been doing it for longer. I think he started fresh out of high school. Maybe even still in high school. Um, the way he did it was is, is probably how it should be done. He started in Florida. Uh, started getting pretty good. Won some contests in Florida. Got some videos put online, some pretty decent clips on there. Got some hits on them and whatnot. And then moved to L.A. So he already had some momentum going. Yeah. You're looking at a, a funniest person in Florida type of stuff. Was already kind of in at the clubs. Like his, his there was, The circle was already starting to move for him. And then he moved out to L.A. And then for a while, like a few months, he was kind of on the same grind as, as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Just out there doing that open mics. I remember you know, just being at taco shops with nobody, right? And then... Um, and then this dude, he books, I think, like, Just for Laughs in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he ended up getting an agent off of it. Um, ended up around maybe around the same time he got an audition for America's Got Talent. And he was ready for it. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, like I said, he already had some traction going. He had already started getting into the festivals. I think he had probably been doing stand-up maybe seven, eight years or so. And... And then made it far in America's Got Talent. Yeah. And now fucking Preacher Lawson doesn't do fucking taco shop, bro. Like, he's real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm back here in Texas, and I'm trying to I'm trying to stir things up a little bit, trying to get some momentum going. Yeah, before you actually try to take off again. Probably, yeah. 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 Well, that's cool, man. Uh, shit, that was a lot of fun. I like hearing about the L.A. story, man. Bro, I could have. I didn't even give you any details, bro. I, I, just, I just told you the, the generalities of it. I didn't even tell you any stories, bro. Yeah. Well, we could do that next time, man. For sure. <laughs> uh, I saw some shit, bro. Yeah, I, I saw some shit, dude. Uh, well, cool, man. Yeah, we'll definitely have, have you on again. Um, again, do your plugs, your show. You have a show coming up? Yes. Um, October 21st. Um, at the Blind Tiger, Chris Fairbanks will be headlining. Uh, I'm opening for him. Josh Cabaz is also on the show. Maybe one other person I can't exactly remember. It's going to be a great show. Uh, check it out. And then you could find me, Eric underscore Packer, on Instagram. Cool, man. Thanks for coming out. Fuck yeah. Laters. Thank you.